0: Joe presents TKO, together with 32 Red. Hello, welcome to round 14 of TKO here on Joe, together with 32 Red. We're a podcast and YouTube show, and we'll be with you every Thursday. Very, very pleased to say that our guest on the show today is a man of many talents. He's one of the top strength and conditioning experts in the sport of boxing and nutritional advisor, and of course, world famous cup man, uh, Kerry Kayes. Thank you for making the journey down to come and see us. Thanks for having me. So you guys have been working together a little bit since you've been with Jamie Moore. Yeah. Has uh, Daniel corner for cuts? Yeah, yeah, so when I linked
1: up with Jamie, Carrie um, is the cut man that Jamie uses. I don't think I'd ever met you, really. No, Han. I don't think I've been cut, maybe a little nick.
2: It was a neck because they used glue, remember, right. to put you together. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more to being a cutsman than fixing cuts. You've got to control lumps and bumps yeah. and, and scrapes. So you've been roughed up a couple of times. You, that last thing against, <laughs> against
0: Garcia as well. well that bet. guy's my hair was gone. <laughs> <warm. laughs> yeah, that's the management job for you, yeah. It's one big ice pack, presumably. Yeah. Um, um. I don't know where to start, Kerry, because there's so much to talk about. We'll come on to, to all of these things, but your background—you were a bodybuilder in the '90s, British yeah. champion, of, yeah. in fact. So, your your love of S and C and nutrition began around that time or
2: before that. I was always interested in um, boxing as well because I used to train at Colliers, believe it or not, uh, years and years before Gomez or any of them trained Did there. You? And uh, I actually uh, got my black belt at uh, Shotokan Karate under the JKA, Japanese Karate Association. And I actually fought on one of the first full contact fights. In Liverpool, and a boxer beat me, but it was it was a boxer's environment, gloved up and all that. You know what I mean? So I learned a big lesson, and uh, started training at Collier. So I've always been interested in boxing and the fight game as well.
0: So you moved into bodybuilding down by accident, or was that a conscious? No, decision? because
2: I, I had um, I had to have surgery on my lower back, and as Carl will tell you, in boxing you, you're spinning a lot on your lower back. And I I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do karate anymore. But in bodybuilding, you're in control of your training. You know, you can go to something and go, I can't do that because it hurts me back. And you could do something else. So you can change your training to suit injuries. Where in boxing, you can't do that. Yeah. So so that's how I got into bodybuilding. And I
0: guess with that comes the, with bodybuilding comes the cut that moves you towards Stage day, yes. and you, you're, you're driest, you're leanest, yeah. carrying as much lean muscle as possible yeah. to present the ultimate look yeah. for, for the judges. Well,
2: well as I, I, the way I got into boxing was Billy Graham, Ricky's trainer, his brother, Joe Graham, God rest his soul, he's dead now, he was a strength athlete as well. So Joe knew me and I knew Joe. And Billy used to listen to Joe about strength work for boxing. So Billy Graham got in touch with me and he said, I've got this young prospect that I think might do something in boxing. I'd like you to do a bit of uh, help me with him. And he was called Ricky Atten. Wow. <laughs> so, it, you know, so Billy was right. So I got into doing a bit of nutrition into the boxing world with Ricky. That's cool.
0: I mean, I feel as if nutrition, strength and conditioning is something that boxing has played catch-up with in terms of professional sports. Do you feel as if the last sort of 10 years or so that it's, it's caught up or is it still worse? I, I
1: think it's probably still a bit further behind than, than what it should be. And only guys like Kerry know what they're talking about in nutrition, but you've, you've boxers who are still making weight wrong, even at the very high level, even though they've had the advice and they, they kind of half know... They're cheating themselves to make the weight, but I don't know why they do it, but they do it. As I've got older, I've kind of, at this stage of my career, taken things a lot more seriously. Like My nutrition is always on point for camps for 12 weeks. I'm pretty strict because I have to be, but before I was cheating. But Carrie comes into the gym every now and again and and would sit down and speak to us about about nutrition and, and the key aspects of it. And there's not a lot of clever boxers around, dunderheads, mm. as I would call them. Gets Fo- that word in every show. <laughs> it's full of them. And um, <laughs> and Carrie can speak to you in layman's terms and just explain it. And um, it's great to have that at your access, really.
0: So from all of your experience, you go and do seminars, you work with loads of different boxers, all different levels. Where's the biggest gap in knowledge with regards to S&C and nutrition as far as you can see it at the moment?
2: In bodybuilding, 80 to 90% of the sport is nutrition. Yeah, It's quite easy to lift weights. And there's not a lot of skill, is there, in moving your arm like that? There's, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of skill, but there's a lot of dedication in bodybuilding. So a bodybuilder will know that if you don't have the right nutrition, the muscles won't grow. Because you've got to understand that all forms of training, boxing, rugby, bodybuilding, is trauma to the body. You know, you're doing trauma to the body, and you're doing that so the body can adapt and get fitter faster or stronger. But in between trauma and adaptation, you've got recovery. And the body can't adapt unless it's recovered. And it can, the muscles cannot recover without nutrients. And that's as simple
0: as it is. You've got your basic breakdown of nutrients. You've got your macros and you've got your micros. Correct. But do you, do you think, I mean, a lot more fighters will know about the basics these days, but how? At what point do you think the turning point was that nutrition and S and C programs started to become
2: an accepted part of every boxer's well, training program? If I could indulge myself and yeah. sound beheaded, and I'm not meaning beheaded, when it was well documented that Ricky used to come in the gym at about 14 stone, and he had to fight at 10 stone, and they used to get it off him at least twice a year. How, how long did it take? To get the weight, the bulk of well, the weight off him, as Billy says, the first six weeks of Ricky's training was about trying to get some weight off, as opposed to doing skill work. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then um, Ricky had three fights once in fourteen months, and I took off him nearly thirteen stone. And he only fought at ten stone, Wow. so I think a lot of people became aware that hey, hang on a minute, there's something in this nutrition thing. You know, that makes I mean? me feel so much better. Like, <laughs> <so nothing. laughs> when
1: you're sent, like fourteen stone to fight ten stone. Yeah. i I'll not tell you where I am at the minute, but I frighten myself a wee bit when, fifth, I 15, yeah,
0: when I Cost fifteen Yeah, When I got on <laughs> the scales
1: the other day, I frightened myself a little bit, but. I'm feeling a lot better. You're the for right no way.
2: You're just not tall enough. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm feeling better knowing that happened. You said he's four stone. Four and a half stone. It was the My worst.
0: Gosh. Four
2: and a half stone was the worst. Essentially half his body weight on fight yeah, night. Yeah. Honestly, and um, he enjoyed it. It was. The, and you know a lot of people say if he, if he'd have done it more professional, would he have had a longer career? He might have done, but he wouldn't have had the career he had because he was everyone's mate and yeah. everyone loved him and he, that was that was almost his brand. Mm.
0: <laughs> so you have to take into account <laughs> that individual's choice to, to balloon up or to stay strict yeah, but, in between. Well, You don't live with them, do you? You no. can only advise them. Yeah, that's very true. So take me through a rough outline of like a, a plan for a fighter's camp because obviously you, there is a sort of a bit of a misnomer where people think... The less carbs you eat, the more weight you're going to lose. But in those early stages of the camp, you need those
2: carbs and that, that carbs, those extra macros to very fuel. Carbs are very important. Carbs are very, very important because what you're going to understand, your body needs carbohydrates to make sugar. We've all heard of blood glucose. Your body needs sugar. And if your blood glucose levels drop, you go hyperglycemic, you go into a coma, and the worst-case scenario, if you go to zero, you'll die. You'll die. So if you're not eating carbohydrates your body can't make sugar, glucose, and it can't make glucose from body fat. Mm. It cannot make it. So the body will go into a process called gluconeogenesis where it will make sugar from muscles. So what happens is if you don't eat carbs, your body will be using muscles to make sugar. Talk to
0: me about the the process of then working towards a fight night if you've got a fighter that says... How how much would you say you lose in a a 10-week camp? Roughly.
1: Well, I do a, uh, camps a little bit longer, 12 weeks, I like, because I've always done that. I'd probably lose a stone and a half. OK.
2: so and start to finish. Uh, so y- would you look to stagger that weight loss? And well, uh, first of all, I, I mean, I don't do hands-on anymore with boxes. I just do corners now because that's what I've chose to do in my life. But if you, if you want to do it properly, you've got to understand, all nutrients are energy, and we use energy. And there's two ways you can do it. You can eat less energy... Or you can use more energy. And you've got to understand that a lot of boxers go into camp and they start using a lot more energy. So all of a sudden, they're on a good side of of, of the energy equation. And then a lot of boxers, and I think I've certainly taught you guys, don't eat enough micronutrients. And micronutrients are in charge of all metabolic reactions in the body. So a lot of times, the macronutrients, protein, carbs and fats, they might be correct but they're not losing weight because they've not got enough micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, you know, your five a day to metabolise those macronutrients. You know what I mean? A lot of boxers don't or didn't drink enough water. So we're talking, what, six to eight litres a day, would you say? No, it's, it's getting exaggerated water. Now, I honestly believe three litres to four litres... Mm-hmm. Even for a boxer that's sweating a lot yeah, during well, training in the well. summer, in the summer, definitely four litres, but three litres would be adequate. But you can drink as much water as you want because, yeah. you know, you can go ridiculous and that gets dangerous, but you're talking 20, 30 litres there. All right, okay. You know what I mean? But you can drink as much water as you want because there's no calories in water, there's no you're energy look, in water. Yeah.
1: You know? I used to be afraid of water when I was a yeah, kid most. because you are afraid of the scales. Yeah. And if I drink 500 mils of water and stand on the scales, I'm going to be a pound heavier yeah. than I was before the bottle of water. I was, I think when I was a kid, I was, as a boxer, in a constant state of dehydration.
2: But there's a clue in the name, isn't there, if you think about it? Carbohydrate. Mm. Carbs need water. Yeah. Okay,
0: so the seven days out then... The aim, of course, for for a bodybuilder is to, to look as good on stage as possible, even if that means feeling a bit a bit rough on the oh, day. Oh, the most
2: unhealthiest person in the venue's the the fella on stage.
0: Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> but for a boxer, obviously, you have to take into account the fact that they've got to perform to an elite athlete level, whilst kind of making you know coming down in a calorie deficit, yeah. doing all those things. You have a kind of a, a seven
2: day well fight week protocol. Yeah. Is that right? But yeah. Well, don't don't eat red meat. Red meat can stay in your, in your system for 72 hours, you know, in your intestines. So you don't want something in your intestines, do you know what I mean? You can take things to make you go to the toilet, you know, fibre gel, go to the chemist, buy some fibre gel. Yep. It'll clean your system out, because you don't want waste in your system that makes you weather. Do you understand what I mean? Do you lose nutrients with that as well? No, no, because it's already in, your, it's already in the bottom of your intestines. It's right. been, the nutrients have been stripped. You can take some vitamin C. Vitamin C every two hours, a gram of vitamin C. It's a non-toxic, but it's it's a water-soluble. So if you overload on vitamin C, it's almost a natural diuretic. You know what I mean? You must keep your water up. Come the last week of the fight, if you start cutting your water out slowly because you want to make weight earlier, then the body will recognise that you're cutting water out and it will hold on to water. So if you keep your water to maybe three, four litres right up to the day before the weigh-in and then just stop your water, your body will carry on urinating and sweating. It won't realise you've stopped the water. You're always tricking yeah, your body. Yeah, Absolutely. So you can probably go to bed and wake up the next morning three, possibly four pounds lighter. Yeah. You can have a hot bath. That'll get rid of a couple of pounds. Yeah. If you're hot... The biggest... Hardest thing to to make weight with water is if you've been dehydrated before you yeah, do yeah. it, in it.
1: Yeah, I've started only the last few camps water loading, so you really have to trust like the protocol to it because you're drinking a lot of water. What scale and you're and you're like pretty heavy, and you're like, oh, but you're full of water. But then when you cut it out the day before the weigh-in, you continue to piss and flush it out, and you do the weight. And the thing with water loading for me is. I don't know if you agree with it or not, Carrie. But the thing, you're hungry the last week, the week before weighing. But if you're full of water, you're not. You're not as hungry. Absolutely, your stomach's full. You're not not Mm. thinking of food all the time.
2: You know, you remember a two litre bottle of water weighs four pound. So if if he's drinking four Mm. litres, you know what I mean. It's like what you know. (laughs) It's Friday. Yeah, yeah.
0: It fills you up. So let's take somebody like uh, Darren Till. I don't know if you've watched that the quite famous video that did the rounds about the, the process he went through to make weight. I mean, it's quite... I've,
1: I've not seen it. No. You've seen it, right? I've seen it, yeah.
0: I mean, what are your thoughts on it, first of all?
1: I think it was mad how he was doing it. First of all, it was the day before the weigh-in and the day of the weigh-in, the morning of the yeah. weigh-in, I think. Like, they were doing, like... Some of the stuff they were doing was pretty hand intensity stuff. He was in the sauna as well. Then after that, he was crawling out of the sauna.
0: Rounds of pads in between. Yeah.
1: Completely out of gas. I I think it was just, I know what it's like to make weight. And when I'm doing it and I'm in a sauna suit, I like to do very little, skipping, walking, but staying warm and then sitting down in the heat. I don't like to exert myself. So in my opinion, it looked like they were doing it a little bit wrong. But there's a question I wanted to ask you, Kerry, like When guys like Darren Till, who come down from so much, is a day and a half enough? No, no chance. Not, enough?
2: not a chance, not a chance. And you, you'll find, and I've experienced this, if a boxer loses a lot of weight, mm. he'll be good for four, five, yeah, six yeah, rounds. Yeah. It'll just go out. Of, like Tony, Tony Bellew. Yeah. Um, look how well he was doing for the first five, six rounds. He'd come down from 17, 18 stone. Mm. Look yeah. at Jamie when he fought Ryan yeah. Rhodes the mm. bottle just falls out of him. I've actually said to managers and promoters, look, if this fight goes into the second half of the fight, he won't have it.
1: You know what I mean? See, when i done super bantamweight, it was a real struggle for me to do it. And I had to be very, very lean, like veins all over my abs and stuff, and very, very lean to make the weight. And I, always, I was always gassing the last three rounds. Really? Always, yeah, always gassing. Yeah. And, and if someone was, if you weren't well enough in front... Or someone was going to put it on you. You might have been in trouble.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I went to uh, Vegas once with uh, Guzman to make weight, miss weight as well, and he just wouldn't do as he was <laughs> I know told. That story yeah. that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> he, he went, he, I'm, at the morning of the way, and I thought, and so I took him down to the sauna and I put him in the sauna, and he wouldn't stay in the sauna. And now, no, he didn't want to make weight. By the way, and now, <laughs> no, he didn't want to make weight, <laughs> wait weight yeah. because he wanted to beat the kid who had who been uh, he'd had a draw with him. Anyhow, we went in the sauna. Kept him in. He come out the sauna, and he got on the scales, and he was half a pound heavier. And I thought, what the fuck? So I went in the sauna, and he had water in the sauna. <laughs> 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 I went in the sauna with him for about twenty minutes. I lost three pound. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's mad. You're going stateside again, aren't you, for uh, Tommy Cole? Tommy Cole, yeah, yeah. I've Josh. worked with Tommy for years. Yeah. I like Tommy. He's like a lovely good man. Good guy. Lovely man, is yeah, yeah, good man. You'll be out there as well, when you, yeah. think?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll be out training. and Yeah, alongside Tommy and Jimmy
2: Moore, yeah. yeah. You can't not like Tommy. No, you can't. What do you think about the... Um... I'm surprised he's fighting again, though, since he kicked, since he did <laughs> uh, I know, right? That was a bold move. <laughs> that <get all laughs> that, was, that was a bold move. Unreal. <laughs> 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 Eddie. To, to Eddie. Short stuff. One thing
0: you can say for Eddie, is, is like him or not, he takes a joke very, oh, very well. Oh, fair play to him. Yeah. Because
2: don't forget, he even said to Tommy you can put it on the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, Tommy didn't just put it on the internet. Eddie's Eddie giving the thumbs up. There aren't he many three. Yeah.
1: One of the boys sitting with a, a ring say view, apparently, for a big man. That's
0: right. Come
2: on. Come on. Oh, that's not fair.
0: <laughs> He's not here to defend it. It's really cold,
2: though. It's really cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Nor, it was Finland Airport. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> okay, Uh What do you think about the, do, do you think the check weights that they've kind of brought in, like 30 day check weight, 10 day check weight, and then having kind of rehydration clauses the day after, do you think they're a, a positive step? Yeah, I think they're a very good
2: idea. I do, honestly, because it stops people doing, ba- I've done bad practices. I've done things with boxers that I wasn't, I didn't want to do. And I said to the boxer, the manager, <laughs> and the promoter, this is not good. Right, and I've done it, and I won't mention names, and it's wrong. You know, they're getting hit, aren't they? It's not a bodybuilding yeah, show, yeah, you know what right. I mean? They're getting hit for a living. So the British Board of Boxing controls probably the most fantastic board going. I'm not doing that because I'm on camera. They really are strict and stringent, and anything for the, the safety of the fighters is so important. Yeah, I do think it's, you know, it's, it's making boxers be more disciplined. Make it harder or easier for you guys? No, I think if you
1: have to maintain and hit weights like 30 days before 10 days and and then a few days before the weigh-in, I think it makes it easier. You're not dropping dramatic amounts of weight, especially like if you're a month out from a fight, four weeks out and you have to be within... I can't remember what the exact percentage is that far out, but if you have to be in with a certain percentage, sometimes four weeks seems like a long time and you could be very, very heavy. I've known guys with still... Two stone to lose in four weeks. Yeah.
2: A lot of check weigh-ins, though, some of the lads won't drink water for 12 hours, so mm. they're actually trying to make weight for the, for the, yeah. weight. For the check yeah. weigh and, right. and the last week where we've just been talking about dropping water, you've got to understand there's a massive difference between dropping water and dehydration. Because mm. if you were dehydrated, you wouldn't be able to drop water. So don't let any of your viewers think that dropping water is like being dehydrated.
0: It's not. What do you... Think is the kind of maximum that you would want someone of maybe, I don't know, 147 pounds. What do you think is a healthy amount for them to put on overnight? And where do you think it starts
2: to get? If they've been on weight for, say, two weeks, let's pretend they've been on weight for two weeks. And then after the weighting, they put (laughs) 10, 12, 15 pounds on, then going into the ring, they're going to feel they're carrying that extra weight because the last two or three weeks when they've been sparring, they've been sparring at a lighter weight. But if you, if you keep your weight up and drop four, five, six, seven pounds for the weighing, and then double it up what you put on, you won't feel as heavy in the fight. Mm.
1: Okay. I like to be, I spar, I feel like I spar best around 10 stone, 9 stone, 12, I uh, weigh in at, at 9 stone. But I, I fake most. I'm around that weight when I'm fighting. So yeah. when they ring about 9, 12, 10 mm. stone. So same thing, isn't it? That's yeah, what, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, but when boxers have been on weight for too long, when they eventually put weight on after the weigh-in, they'll feel the carry. It, yeah, Yeah. the like, Yeah. yeah.
0: That does, yeah. Uh, OK, you're watching round 14 of TKO <laughs> here on Joe, together with 32 Red, we a podcast and YouTube show, and we'll be with you every Thursday. Now he's Alex Payne, James Haskell, and Mike Tindall from the House of Rugby. Chris, thank you very much indeed. It's just a moment or two for us to duck in and tell you about the House of Rugby. We're having a lot of fun. What are we trying to do with the show? Why should people be watching and listening? (laughs)
2: <laughs> we are basically trying to mix it up it's, this is going into another show so that people come and watch us oh uh. hello everyone <laughs> <laughs> say the nice people right well we should basically watch house of rugby because it's unbelievable humor we don't talk about any rugby uh, and we give you the inside track from people who are still actually involved in rugby not old 60 year olds who don't know anything uh
0: <laughs> you can download us via youtube you can no you can, you can as you can tell we're a very professional outfit you can watch <laughs> us via youtube and download us via iTunes. I hope you'll join us at some point. It's a lot of fun, really. Cheers, Alex. Uh, Okay, back with Kerry Kayes. We talked about strength and nutrition and and making weight. big part of your career these days is being a cuts man in the corner.
2: When did you first start this and how did it come about? Well, fully enough, the last fight I did was Sam Eggington against Liam Smith. And Liam Smith was the first cuts I ever did. And and it was by accident. It was by accident. I was at... um, the Trafford said, uh, uh, Old Trafford either um, uh, the Victoria Warehouse or Bowlers. I can't remember the one of the fights. And Liam was doing a four or a six round fight, and he was with Joe Gallagher. And for whatever reason, Mick Williamson didn't turn up. And uh, Joe Gallagher said to me, "Kerry, will you will you help me in the corner?" I said, "Of course, I will." I know, I know the Smith brothers very well. I know Paul really well. Paul Cedar, well. And uh, so it was it was a four or six round, and Liam got cut. And I'd never done cuts before, and I did the cut. But I've been in the corner and watched Mick Williamson for 20 years. Do you understand what I mean? And as we all know, Mick's probably the best cutsman going. Yeah. And I'm a type of guy that, wherever I'm involved, I'm watching and <coughs> learning, you know what I mean? And, I'm, you know, in a couple of years' time, I want to be a cameraman now, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, like to, I like to learn, you know what I mean? That's what I do. TK around so, 16, <laughs> it'll be, uh, be carrying car. I'll be sat there. I'll be out of here. <laughs> No. <laughs> so I like to I like to watch and learn. So I've always I've watched Mick for years. So Liam got caught and I, and I did it and I sorted it and I quite I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the excitement of it. I, I quite liked it. Where do was understand? the cut? You remember? I think it was. I on think it was up here. It was it was a, it was an easy cut. Okay. You know. So it, so so everything was going in my favor. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But um... hands here. Like a, <laughs> up, up here. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't.
1: It wasn't like a, over there. was on his head, yeah. oh, right, How do, over do you know? Here. No, I'm just guessing. Right. Yeah. Well, so it was
2: so. It was an easy call. Oh, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I did I?
0: So uh... looking like Mister Knowledge, Abraham. yeah. We had this conversation so, five minutes ago.
2: So it um, <laughs> was. It was, and I thought I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy that. But I didn't volunteer to be a cutsman. And then every now and again, somebody would Kenny, could you do cuts for us? Yeah, go on then. And I did it. And I um, got some very bad cuts with Sam Egginton, yeah, which I enjoyed doing. I don't know. Did you see the Huey Fury for, uh, cut in Bulgaria? I did. Yeah. Know, Unbelievable. My, my hand was in his head. Yeah. You know I
0: mean? yeah, the, the only one I can think of worse than that is the baddie Jack one yeah,
1: yeah, recently.
2: Because well, Huey's was pretty bad. Oh, it's was always, pretty it
1: really bad. sounds a wee bit wrong when you say I enjoy doing
2: it. He had a big one. I, I like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please get caught, please get caught. No, you're obviously dead sure where they don't get caught, but if, if there is a cut, then get on with it and do yeah. it. And, you know, as I said before, it's not just doing cuts, it's like keeping the face down and, you know, keeping the lumps down and using the iron and all that. And You've got to be dead calm and collective and then the boxer will believe in you. Mm, right. Okay. And the so... referee will see it as well,
0: then it's all in control. So take, take me from, from a first-person view... You're in the corner because, obviously, during the rounds, one person can be in the ring and the other two or three, half minutes in the corner have to be outside. Yes. If there's a really bad cut, what's the conversation
2: between you and the chief well, second? Well, a, to... a good chief second, Jamie Moore, John Peggs, you know what I mean, Tom Cheney. they'll always say to a cutsman, do you want to get in? So, so if you need to get in, so and the courtsman will go. I know I'm all right, and especially if it's because I'm right-handed. You know, especially if if he's cut on the on the right eye, then you can do it through the ropes. But if he's cut on the left eye, sometimes it's awkward and you're leaning over Because you're right they're to, Yeah, they're trying to give him a drink. Somebody's trying to take the, the gum shield out. So sometimes you're best get in the ring. Do you know so, what I mean? So talk to me about what tools do you have on you? You get given well, adrenaline, well, well, don't yeah, you, well, you, Use adrenaline that's given to you by the British Border Boxing Control. And what I do is, because I got caught out once, I used to have my adrenaline and my swabs. And every time you do something wrong... Hopefully you learn from it, don't you? And then hopefully then you don't, and I've learned everything now, I think. So the kid got caught in two minutes, 58 seconds. So almost, so the bell went and he's walking back to the corner and he's caught. And I had a dry swab. So I had to open the adrenaline, put the adrenaline, get the and I probably lost five, six, seven seconds which can be important. So what I do, I have my adrenaline and I have my swabs in the adrenaline. And I break them off and put the lid on so my swabs are always in the adrenaline. And I have a wristband on and I have two swabs in. And every second round, I'll put the two swabs back in the adrenaline and take two fresh ones out. So I've got adrenaline ready and I've got wipes in this wristband. And what you've got to do, there's no point in putting adrenaline straight on the cut because the cut's bleeding out. So it'll bleed the adrenaline out. So you've got to get your wrap and then you've got to put a compression on and then get your adrenaline and then get the adrenaline in. So you're pushing the adrenaline in and stop the blood pushing it out. And what is, what is that adrenaline actually doing? Adrenaline constricts a vasal restrictor. It closes, it closes... Adrenaline's not good for a boxer, you know. Adrenaline's very bad. It'll cause scar tissue and everything. But the reality is you've got no option. And I could never understand when the fight's finished. I always say to you guys, don't I? If you get cut when the fight's finished, I'm not going to treat it. Really? I'll, I'll just wipe the blood. But I don't see the point in putting adrenaline and Vaseline in a cut when the fight's over. Yeah. Right, You're yeah. just giving the doctor a problem.
0: Yeah, of course. What does it feel like? What's the worst cut you've had?
1: The worst cut I had was I fell down the stairs <laughs> <laughs> once. Completely, <laughs> completely blitzed. And uh, I was a pretty bad one here. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
0: In, in boxing, I've had a few. <coughs> nothing, so, nothing. Kerry, you're busy, mate. I've just
2: I've had a full. <laughs> Yeah. Bring the swabs I, uh... I used to have to follow John Murray out. John, I, used out with, I used to go out with John Murray on a Friday night. <laughs> just walking that's when I, I learnt courts.
1: <laughs> but I, I've been lucky I've enough in fights that I've, I haven't had. I've had a few little nicks, but nothing major. But it's a, it's annoying. What's and, the, the, the feel like bit, a, you can't really describe it. It's just like you've been cut. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what the
0: feeling's you like. You might up
2: more than get cut. Yeah, right? I have yeah. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah, you, you know, lumps and yeah, bumps everywhere. More, there's more control in keeping the bumps down. Yeah, because like Ricky Hatton
0: had a very like angular face, and yeah. I feel <laughs> like I had sort of thin skin on like his cheekbones, right. very high but cheekbones. Well, also here,
2: if, like you, if you're if you, you will always get caught. Yeah, because he's got very high bones here. You yeah. know what I mean? And weirdly, we've we've had
0: Boazian on the show, he's got like very flat features and he doesn't, he's never cut at all mm-hmm. in his career. And I kind of look at him and think, I don't think you're gonna, mm, yeah. I don't think he'll get cut.
2: Some fighters will, will easily get cut. Yeah, interesting. Ricky Hatton, um, I don't know if people know this, uh, halfway through Ricky's career, he had to have plastic surgery. And what happened was that he was getting cut every fight like that. It was nothing and he was getting cut. So they went to see a plastic surgeon, they opened him up and they found inside the cut was Vaseline that had crystallised. So the doctor at some venue, probably in Ricky's early days, four, six-round fights, had not cleaned out the Vaseline. He just stitched him up. The Vaseline had crystallised, so he almost had glass behind his skin. Sometimes you
1: get little nicks and stuff, and you're like, it's not really... You're like, hide a fuck, did I just get cut from that shot? That was like a yeah. naff shot, and it's like someone's just i I presume that's
0: the purchase of the leather on the skin rather than the impact. Yeah, that's why Vaseline's very important. Yeah. That's why Vaseline's very important.
2: Is that the last thing that goes over a cut? Absolutely, yeah. But Absolutely. only if you've got
0: time, right? Yeah, well,
2: what you've got to be doing is you do the cut, you're holding it, you're compressing it, you put the adrenaline on, then you get your towel because he can't be full of blood and the and the referee... And the opponent sees it, so then you've got to clean all the blood off while you do it. So you're doing two jobs at once. Do you know what I mean? And then you get the vaseline, and for the and you vaseline the rest of the face. And then for the very last minute, when they go seconds away round, I go stay, stay sat down, and then you do it, and then you get out.
0: I suppose because if you don't stand up, they have to come over. Well, movement. a lot
2: of the time, the, a lot of time the boxer will be going seconds away, and he's getting up. Sit down. <laughs>
0: <That's me. laughs> I, I always want to be. I
1: want to be up kind of five or ten seconds before the bell goes, but. If you've got a cut, that
0: carries that's, on. You <laughs>
2: like. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it. You know, you've only got sixty seconds. Yeah. Ten seconds is a long time. Yeah. By the time the stool goes <laughs> in yeah, and everything yeah, else, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: you're at, you're at work. Talk about the worst cut you've ever seen. We talked about Huey Furies, but there is, of course, a limit to what you can do Absolutely, in those sixty yeah. seconds. Yeah. What's the worst situation you've
2: encountered? Well, I'm going to be big-headed now. I've, I've managed to control. I, I've not. I've done all right. I'm. Huey Fiori was a terrible cut. I mean a terrible cut. And he got it he got half of it in the first round and it opened up in the second round. So he had to do another ten rounds. You know what I mean? So that was quite a bad cut. Well, it was a terrible cut. Sam Eggington has had some bad cuts. Do you try and say to them
0: after those (coughs) sixty seconds? I mean, is it helpful if they try and stay away from, you know, a left hook or well, a that's right That's not hand? my job, is it? That's I know it's, tra- it's not. Job. No,
2: that, that, that's the tactic. Yeah. A cutsman man start, can't start doing tactics because the cuts man's not got the knowledge to do tactics. He's not been involved in the sparring. That, you know, so someone like Jamie Moore or Nigel Travis... So would you they, say to they, them? Would well, you I'd say-, say to Jamie, it's a bad cut, Jamie, it's a bad cut. And then that's... Jamie's job, isn't it? I I don't expect Jamie to do my job, and I'm certainly not going to try yeah. and do Jamie's job. Yeah, you know what I mean. And someone of Nigel and Jamie's level, they're on that, aren't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Ricky. When Ricky used to fight, Ricky, as we know, used to fight in close. Billy Grave used to say to him, "When you get in close, keep your head out." Right. You know. So if you're if you're caught and you're in close like that, why not stay that and do it? You know, keep your know, keep oh, keep, yeah, keep, yeah. keep your head out.
0: There's a, a famous <laughs> quote from Arturo Gatti after what I mean guy just cut you know, every fight seemingly. but was every while, wasn't it? Yeah, I can remember the ref came over to him at some point and said, we're going to have to stop this because I can see the bone. And he said, well, the cut can't go any further then, can it? <laughs> but I guess there is a point where, take someone like Baddie Jack, I mean... Surely that shouldn't have gone on, right? How to earth was that fight allowed to go on when he had what four or five centimeters from sort of yeah, nose to the top of the head? It was, head. It, was, well, it, was it was gushing as well. It wasn't like yeah, it
1: wasn't not, it was, wasn't controlled. Was, no, was it? It wasn't it was like, controlled. It, it just, you know, they we were wiping it down the start of each round. It was like
2: I, flooding out of his face. I was in Cardiff again. about four or five weeks ago, and, and the kid got badly caught. Billy, the kid, he's he's, he's uh, from Oldham. When I was I was doing it, and the doctor come up, and when I was doing it, I said, "I promise you, doctor, I've got it in control." <laughs> And the doctor looked, and he let it go, and we went through it. And did after you? the fight, hey, eh? did you have it in control? Yeah, yeah. the the truth. confidence. And afterwards, uh, like um, the doctor come up to me, and he, and he, you know, he said, "Well done." You know what I mean? But it was I communicated with the mm. ref and the doctor because it, it's not just doing the cut; it's letting them know that you're in control of it. Yeah. So okay. they'll, they'll give you if they see a court man all flapping and doing all yeah. that. They're more likely to stop the fight, aren't they?
0: That general corner psychology is, I guess, important for you, especially like in, in the last fight. You've had a couple of torrid rounds. You need to go back to a place that you presumably feel everyone's got.
1: Yeah, pretty calm. It's together. I, I like a calm. To, yeah, and you look at some corners oh, and you lo- and you listen to advice that men are given fighters, and it's I like a few clear like things from the corner. A few like you know, a few sentences here and there. Tactics to do, maybe three maximum. You hear corner man going, nah, nah, nah. Uh, someone's caught corner man's in, it's just chaos. Too many, yeah, and and too, too many too, talking. Too much talking. There needs to be one voice
2: and someone who's clear and concise. Chris, you've been I- you. That's what you need. Can I, can I say, his last fight, I heard the most perfect statement from the corner, Jamie Moore, to him. And I, th- I thought it summed it up perfect in trust. Jamie said to him, I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it I doesn't thought... say much after the Macklin fight. <laughs> Flipping it. <Poor> <laughs> but That's you know what I, mean? <laughs> I thought,
2: how's he Macklin's though against Jamie? Oui. <laughs> Of course, yeah, I've heard.
0: <laughs> what Madness a fight. In it? What fight. I
2: man. was in Macklin's corner against Jamie. Yeah, yeah. And Jamie's one of my best mates. Yeah,
0: crazy. Mad, innit? And they, and they worked together after that, <laughs> but, of course, uh, as well. Yeah,
2: but I thought that, that statement, I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done, and I thought, what a... What it's superb, that. I said,
0: I'm, I'm trying! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I've, trying. Seen the, <laughs> I've seen the Macklin fight. <laughs> wow, that's insane. What's the best fight you've ever been involved with, personally?
2: You'd have to say the Costa Zoo fight, wouldn't you? You oh, know, the very severity of it. You amazing. know, like the Costa Zoo fight was, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, a, you know, what, a, what as a fight. As a
0: night and an event.
2: And you know what I mean? I mean, Ricky's, I'm still dying out on Ricky out there, if you think about <laughs> it. But, uh, you know, the Mayweather fight, even though he got beat, what, what an experience that was. Mm. Flying around America in the Lear jets and the program 24 7 won an Emmy. Mm. You know what I mean? It was it's good it's,
0: television, that, actually, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Those well, build-up you know. shows were. Yeah, I mean, he changed the game, May, with with You know, in, he, the, really?
2: in, the, in, the, in the dressing room, Brad Pitt and Tom Jones and, you know, like David Beckham and it was just madness. Unreal. You yeah. know, like Brad Pitt in the dressing room. The physio that, that he uses and I, I use, Stuart Cosgrove, lovely, look, probably the best physio on the planet. He was in the dressing room... And um, this bloke said to him, "This is true." This bloke said, "What do you do?" He said, "I'm the physio. I do that." And, he, and he, uh, Stuart turned around to the floor. I said, "What do you do?" He said, "I'm an actor." He was Brad Pitt. <laughs> no way, <laughs> he class. No
0: way. He said, I'm, really? an I'm an
1: actor. I'm an actor. Handsome.
0: I Had uh, Colin Farrell and Michael Buffer in one of those tiny York Hall changing rooms for one of for Boatsy's well, fourth or fifth fight. I think yeah. it must have been a Katie Taylor undercard. But we were sat there, and of all the places you don't expect them to be, it's Beth McGreen, right? And Josh was warming up. Then he went, "Chris, who's that guy? I recognise that guy." And I look up, and there's Colin Farrell and Michael Buffer. And you just think, "What the heck?" Are I, 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 can,
1: I can trump is all. Daniel Day Lewis came to watch me in the Ulster Hall.
0: Did he? That's a big one. Well, you've been to see him. You've been to see his movies, <laughs> so sort of hard, so sort of hard. <laughs> give and take. Um, where's the worst place for? We know the best place to get a cut is, is the cheek because it can't run into the eye. But have you ever had to deal with
2: any cuts sort of on the eyelids? Well, I, um, I actually, I was at a fight for Tommy Langford, and Tom Cheney volunteered me for another fight. I can't remember the trainer, and I can't remember the boxer, honestly. And he came back after the first round. And he had a cut on his eyelid there. It was literally that. I don't know how he got it. And it was like a letterbox. And when he closed his eye, you could see the white oh. part from the blood. And the, so I... You had to I, think about it. Honestly, I just couldn't believe it. What I also thought is, how are they going to stitch this? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when, it was just straight across. Now, when, you've, when you're doing a cut, one of the most important things is compression. How
0: can you you do (laughs) it?
2: How could you do that? So I immediately said to the trainer, not the referee, it's not my job, I said to the trainer, there's nothing I can do with this. And I can't put adrenaline in his eye. Yeah. Think about it. I just said to the trainer, mate, there's nothing you could do without this. And he said, What shall I do? I went, mate, you've got to stop it. And fair play stopped it. So, you know, there are, there, you know, but how we got it, I'll never know.
0: Oh. Is there fear from your point of view? I know you, did you get cut in the Warrington fight. It was more just bumps and bruises. Bumps and bruises. Yeah, bumps, yeah. But when you're looking and things are starting to swell and they're getting almost towards that kind of hematoma look, do you worry that, A, are you aware of what you look like? Do you get any clue about how bad it is just from no, the feeling?
1: not until after, no.
0: But if you get cut, is there fear of thinking, do you know what, the referee might might stop this or...
1: I've been in a lucky enough position that I haven't had that, like I've had a bad enough cut to think like that. But I'm yeah. sure people, when they do have bad cuts, they do think that and that does go through their, their minds. But I haven't been in that position yet. So hopefully, I, hopefully in, it I've doesn't been come. i in that
2: position where the trainer's gone, I'm going to give you one or two more rounds. And don't forget, the trainer sometimes will say that even if he's not caught, if he's getting beat badly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Does that do you think change the psychology of the fighter if they
2: know? Well, he's, he's got to go out there and try and throw bombs, hasn't he? Yeah, but if he's getting beat by playing safe, he might as well get beat by throwing bombs, mate. Right? Yeah, I think I think it's right.
0: It's quite a privilege how close you get to to see fighters in these in these huge fights. I know you did Bellew as well for the latter stage of his career.
2: Yeah, I've been I've been in the opposite corner to Joshua twice really yeah, and th- that was some atmosphere which fighters dillian and uh, dillian white and skelton well, what a fight Dylan white and... I-, I was doing cuts for dillian crikey that atmosphere was incredible
0: yeah it was and he put up a good fight as well yeah
2: would like to see that one happen again yeah, but, you know, I, if I was Joshua, you know, I'd stay away from him. It's a better Dillian White, isn't it? He is a better Dillian White. <laughs> a better Joshua, though. That's yeah. yeah, true, that's a fair point.
0: Yeah. It would certainly be a fight of a different of a different calibre to what it was. It was kind of a street fight. I'd like, fight. To, see but, I'd like to
1: see one of the other guys before he faced Dillian White again. He's beat him, I don't know, he knocked him out pretty convincingly in the end, but Dillian White hurt him. In Second, that fight. Round. Second, Second round. Second round, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Joshua showed a lot of bottle to come back, but you'd want to see one of the other boys Fury or Wilder, before we see that again, I
0: mm. think. Good stuff. Okay, we're going to do, before you go, our 32-second challenge, uh, sponsored by 32 Red. So, essentially, it's a list of words, word association. I'm going to read them out to you, and I want you to say the first thing that comes into your head. Ready for this? Okie good. Away we go. Blood. Adrenaline. Toughest part of being a cut man? Getting in and out the ring. <laughs> Adrenaline. Blood. Nice. <laughs> Wiping a cut? Blood. Vaseline? I better not say what I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 Face <laughs> <laughs> Quick Vaseline No we've just done that Worst cut you've seen Sorry Yui Fury. Fighter who cuts the most Fury Ricky Hatton What a great lad Sorry, too many words. Billy Graham, one more. An even better lad. Is he? (laughs) Absolutely. Great stuff, great stuff. Kerry, what a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for giving us an insight into your world. You're out a few times in the next month, aren't you? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, Shazora next, and then um, we've got Langford and Jack Catterall. Jack, And uh, Chantel. Yeah, yeah. And
0: then uh, off to New York fantastic well good luck and we'll we'll see you in New York no doubt alright thanks thanks very very much for having me I feel privileged No, thank you for coming on and thank you for watching at
2: home I've never been this this close without putting Vaseline on (laughs) (laughs) me.
0: drink it in what are you poop (laughs) dog After that one. <laughs> just on the face, just on the specific face area. <laughs> Nothing weird going on here. Um, thanks to uh, Kerry Kayes and Carl, as always. Uh, thank you for watching. At home, TKO round 14, done and dusted here on Joe. Remember to check out our other shows, House of Rugby with Alex Payne, uh, Mike Tindall and James Haskell. And of course, Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane. We'll be back here on Joe for TKO round 15 in seven days' time. We'll see you then. You've been listening to TKO on Joe, together with 32 Red.